decentralization is slowly emerging as a turning point for technology. Today, we will speak with a protocol that is focused on Web3 domains, transactions, and simplicity for the end user. In episode 5 of Verify Crypto, we take a deep dive into a FIO protocol. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Verify Crypto. Today, I have a guest with me by the name of Wayne from the project FIO Protocol. How are you doing today, Wayne? Hey, Derek, doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Thank you for jumping on today. I guess I will begin with asking, how did you get started into crypto and blockchain? You know, like many people, I heard about crypto early on, and, and we're, we're all skeptical by nature and dismissed it for a while and it was finally in 2016 i had a friend that told me you know you need to quit dismissing bitcoin and take a look at it i was complaining about a stock investment that had gone bad and lost a ton of money and i was like what would i do with this last few thousand dollars i have left of this of this investment and that's when he told me he gave me that nudge and i was like okay you know what i'm gonna do it so i went ahead and actually purchased my first few bitcoin in 2016. Uh, funny enough i couldn't get Coin, on Coinbase at the time, they were having trouble with their identity verification tool, and, and I wanted to get in, so I actually rode out to the only ATM in the area where I live, the only Bitcoin ATM at the time, and actually you know, was putting cash into the Bitcoin ATM to purchase the Bitcoin. And I'm the type of person, though, once I have something, I need to know more about it. Like, I had heard enough to know that, okay, this thing, I've heard enough about Bitcoin to know, all right, it didn't die like everybody said it was going to do time and time again over the years. So what is this really about? And I went into this rabbit hole of understanding how money works, understanding our current financial systems and how they operate. And, you know, you learn about inflation and all the, the problems with that and, and what Bitcoin and true uh, cryptocurrencies can do in terms of freedom and also giving access to financial markets that people just don't have. And I fell in love with the space. Uh, and I, But I realized how hard it was because... I had a couple of friends. One of them, she lives not too far from me. The other one lives in Las Vegas. And we had known each other for years. And we were all getting into uh, this crypto space at the same time as far as just dabbling and investing. So we would call each other and try to figure out this crazy space. And, you know, the first time you try to go send crypto, you're like, wait, am I doing this right? I've got to copy and paste this long wallet address and make sure I get it right. And so all those things we helped each other out with. And I realized there was a gap when it came to uh, people understanding how to even get started in this space. So I uh, actually decided to start writing a little beginner's guide. Uh, it's, it was only like a 40-page beginner's guide that I put out on Amazon. And during that time as well, I'll tell you the story about how uh, I got scammed, which also solidified me to really help people to identify what scams are out there. Was There was a, a project that was said to have been uh, mining and trading and, you know, obviously double your Bitcoin in so many different days. And, and this was like late 2016, early 2017. And I had never really heard about anything like that. The story sounded legit. So actually, I put a you know, full Bitcoin into it. And luckily at the time, it wasn't that much. But towards like mid 2017, that, that company crashed and we realized that, okay, this wasn't legit. It was a Ponzi. They just basically exit scam. And most of them do. They'll pay out for a certain amount of time. And that's what people think, oh, it's legit because it's paying out, but it doesn't last. And a lot of those projects over the years. So, so from that, there was numerous ones that had pop up after that. 
that not everybody that I knew listened to me, but the ones that did were grateful and the ones that didn't, uh, you know, eventually came, came to regret it. I never wished for someone to get into something and for it to collapse, but we see it over time and it really preys on people's ignorance. So after the release of my beginner's guide, I really wanted to promote that. So I started a short educational podcast for crypto because I looked at what was out there, didn't really see a whole lot out there as far as podcasts and the one the podcasts that were available were very 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 long like an hour and a half two hours at a time and i wanted something to give brief snippets of information uh you know 20 30 minutes tops to give people uh just educational content so sometimes i would just go you know educate on a topic sometimes i would bring people on and from there i started to meet a lot of people in the space and start to connect and then 2018 was when it really put it all together because I started hitting events because in 2018, we're in a similar situation that we see now. The market prices are crashing. Faith in the space is at an all-time low, at least in general, the sentiment, especially from the media. And I was like, I need to see if this is real. This is legit. And so I went to these events and I met people that were putting tons of their effort and money into projects that they were building that were solving real-world issues. And I realized that this had a, a lot of longevity. So I started continue to focus on education, onboarding people one-on-one, small groups, different programs we've done. Uh, and then I started partnering with projects to teach people the basics of crypto and help them with some basic educational content. My whole premise is no matter what, what someone is in the space or what project is in the space, if they want to grow their user base, there's only so many people that are already into this crypto. And now we call it, you know, Web3 space. At some point, you've got to educate people. And that led me to where I am today with Fiat. Thinking of the time frame 2016, 17, and as you're saying, the scams that come and go. One thing I was thinking about is BitConnect was that era. And, you know, BitConnect, as well as Roger Ver and Craig Wright's Bitcoin Satoshi Vision fiasco, those things created downturns during the bear market of cryptocurrency. And so this round, we get into things like FTX and Celsius and so many others going insolvent. I guess that would sum it up for getting into your intro. Thank you for sharing. What would you like to tell us about FIO? How is that project get started? And what's some background there? Yeah, absolutely. So I wasn't with FIO from the beginning. FIO's been around. Mainnet's been live a little over, I would say, close to two and a half years now. So this was a project some of the founders had started, but it really solved the problem. And I used to tell people all the time, there's two things that are going to drive adoption in crypto. One is education. People need to understand the basics. You don't have to understand how cryptography works. You don't have to understand all these different you know, things that the people that are building code have to understand. It's kind of like driving a car. You don't have to know how to work on the engine, but you got to know how to operate it. And so people needed to understand that. So that's one thing. Education is one piece of the puzzle. And the other one is simple and easy user interfaces that are going to make it easy to to use crypto to where people are using it and it's familiar and it doesn't even, it's not daunting. So I came across FIO a year and a half ago through a, a circuit. I was doing some events in Miami kind of we're on the tail end of, of things were starting to open up after after the whole lockdowns with COVID and everything. So we were doing events in Miami just to kind of get, nobody was doing them. So we were just trying to get that going and met some of the team with FIO. And I looked into the project and I realized this is truly something that solves that because at the core essence, it's a usability layer, layer that makes sending crypto easy. So FIO started a little over two and a half years ago. The founders of the project, there was a few founders that, got together and they came up with an idea and they were able to secure funding from Binance Labs. So Binance was an early investor in FIO 
and a big reason that FIO was able to launch. Uh, FIO is now structured as a nonprofit foundation based out of the Caymans. The foundation is the entity that handles uh, the different different work worker uh, stru- work structures to where we work to promote and get FIO out there and build on the FIO ecosystem. And now we operate more as a DAO. So at FIO, the essence, FIO, the name, uh, it's a long name, but it's it, it FIO actually stands for Foundation for Interwallet Operability. And what that means is you're able to take at the core essence of our protocol all your different wallet addresses because we realize the future is going to be multi-chain. People say, oh, this is the best chain or that's the best chain. And there's really, there's it's all subjective depending on what you're doing. Not every chain is right for every everything because there's trade-offs if you understand when you start to understand how blockchain infrastructure works there's trade-offs between speed security decentralization and it really depends on how you're going to use the chain so with that multi-chain future people have wallets they have bitcoin addresses ethereum addresses they have you know avalanche solana litecoin all these different uh, wallet addresses and what fio allows you to do is to map all of those different wallet addresses to one single what you can call a human readable crypto handle so Every wallet that you have, multi-chain wallet, can can you can have a crypto handle mapped to that to where you can make sending crypto as easy as sending an email. So the crypto handle is in the format of username at domain. So users are able to create a crypto handle. And there's some public domains that they can use like at wallet. So one of mine is Wayne at wallet. Like I can make that. That's a simple one. And I know I have that mapped to a certain wallet. And when I want to send crypto there, I don't have to get the wallet address, copy and paste, because you can make those errors between copy and paste, and you can even send on the wrong chain. So what FIO does is it puts those guardrails to where you can't send it to the wrong address. You can't send it on the wrong chain. And it works similar to the way we use the internet today. When you go to a website, you type in that www.whatever. You, you think of the DNS system and HTTP and that layer that was built on top of the internet that made it easy to use where you didn't have to remember an IP address to navigate to a site. That IP address is still there in the background and it's similar to how FIO operates where FIO is a layer one blockchain and the blockchain is used to map and store those wallet addresses to where when you go to send, I'm going to send Bitcoin and say, uh, you know, I want to send it to Derek and Derek's created a wallet that's Derek at wallet. Uh, then I don't have to say, hey, what's this address? What's that address? And then you got to copy and paste it, send it to me and I have to copy and paste it and hope somewhere along the way someone didn't make an error, especially with the fact that 90% of what we do these days and technology wise is on our phone. So we're copy and pasting with our thumb. You can make mistakes. So I can type that in. If I type it wrong, it won't let me send it. If I type it right and what I'm trying to send to Derek isn't mapped, like say I'm trying to send them some, I don't know, some, you know, say Litecoin or something and it's not mapped, then it, it won't let me send it. But if it if I type it and it's there, it'll pull the, the wallet address for that particular cryptocurrency that you're trying to send into the transaction and it's done simply, easily, and that's the core essence of the protocol. There's a lot of other use cases that are evolving from this. We're starting to see NFT creators and artists that are using those uh, FIO crypto handles as a way to digitally sign an NFT. So no matter what chain someone creates an NFT on, the artist can map a digital signature using the FIO protocol and the FIO chain that can help to prove authenticity down the road. So it'll prevent forgeries because you'll be able to, a user will be able to tell if an NFT has a digital signature map to it. And if they know that artist or creator making NFTs and this is their crypto handle and it's not signed, 
then you know it's probably a fraud because someone can copy the metadata of an NFT and just pass it off as the original. Now, if all you know about NFTs is that you think they're just digital art or you know digital cartoon pictures, these profile pictures, there's so much more to that because NFTs are going to represent true ownership of assets, whether that's equity or rev share in a company. It could be represent the title to a car. Um, you know, it could it could be almost a certificate of authenticity for a piece of sports memorabilia, and you'll be able to tell if that's authentic, if that's an authentic NFT, and, and in turn be able to tell uh, if, if it's you know if it's legitimate without understanding how blockchain explorers work, how to look up the original contract address of the NFT. Fio makes it simple to where you can do that as well. And there's we're starting to see a lot of uh, Web three games start to integrate our protocol because those crypto handles are being used by gaming guilds and other projects to where they can get their own custom domain, make crypto handles with them to represent their guild, their gamer name, whatever their gamer tag, whatever you want to call it, gamer handle. And that can carry, you know, carry with them across multiple different games in the Web3 space that's tied to their wallet. So there, there's a lot of other things that are coming from our protocol that we're, we're starting to see being built. At the core essence, I mean, we're, we're an open source protocol. Anybody can build on us. And so we've been partnering with projects that want to build and they see a lot of times they see fio as a piece of the solution to what they're building like there's some security protocols that are using that are integrating our protocol now to be used as that crypto handle will be one piece of that security solution one thing i'm wondering is it could act as some sort of gamer tag or twitter handle is that something that's possible with the tag itself and then one more question before i cut you loose there is there a cost to get started with having a fio tag yeah, great question. So let's start with the first one. It can be used as a gamer handle, especially if you're going to be connecting a wallet. Uh, we've got some some gaming projects right now that are integrating the protocol as we speak. We also have another project we're working with that's be, that's creating a, a single sign-on solution wallet that's really frictionless when you think about the users. That One of the biggest pain points of moving people from Web 2 to Web 3 is the people that are scared, intimidated, and don't want to use anything uh, Web3 related because it, it may be complicated. It's different from what they're used to. They don't understand it. But when that process of onboarding is very easy and similar to something they're used to, you're going to see that happen. So we're, yeah, we're going to see that happen. Um, and the protocol is expansive. Like you can map anything to a crypto handle because then a lot of the times using those crypto handles, you actually just, um, you actually, a lot of things are just an API call on the chain to pull in that information. So, even centralized information like a social media handle could be mapped to a FIO crypto handle. Uh, you can even map a bank account if you if you need to. Uh, there's there's also a feature that allows users to do decentralized payment requests, kind of like a Venmo or PayPal request where you would request payment from somebody and you can even put in a note as to why you're requesting it. On the FIO protocol, you can do that to where you can request any cryptocurrency and you're basically sharing a private key with that person you're sending it to and if they choose to approve that um that request then they can just push it back to you without even having to type in your crypto handle so a lot of use cases are evolving uh, but definitely i think it's going to be tied to some type of web you know web3 identity that you can use with those crypto handles and they're they're fully customizable to where i have one of them that's my first name at my last name so it's wayne at marcel with marcel's being my last name and i actually created a wallet for each one of my kids i've got four kids and when I want to put aside crypto for them, I can send it to them. And now to get to the cost, there is a free option. So there's a couple of domains that we've made public for anybody to use at Wallet, at, at Moon, and at HODL. Those are free ones that anybody can use. 
so you can make a free one. Uh, and what happens is that they happen on chain. Everything happens on our chain. So there is a cost uh, because it, we actually have a $2 cost for those crypto handles. But there was a pool, a bucket that was set aside uh, at Mainnet launch by the foundation to pay for those, those free handles, to onboard people to get them to start using that. So you can go get a free one today, you know, whatever's available at Wallet or at Moon or at HODL. And those are free ones. Or you can choose to buy your own custom domain like I did with my last name. A company can also get one to where it's their at company name. And then they can either allow internal employees to, to create crypto handles with that, or they can make it public and allow their customers. So Edge Wallet is one, one of our integration partners. And when you look at Edge Wallet, you can go get a free one on there that's at Edge. So I've got one that's Wayne at Edge. And we're able to use that one. Or I can purchase for $40 a year my own domain, which I purchased, like I said, my last name is one of them. And then you can make crypto handles with that. Then you can control, you can keep it private and you can control the crypto handles that are created with it. Or you can make it public and anyone can create a crypto handle with it. So it's very low cost. I mean, what we've seen, uh, our solution is interoperable with all chains, which we haven't seen with with other solutions we've looked at that are, as far as when it comes to just the wallet naming portion of our protocol. So that's unique and it's very customizable to where, you know, you can you can have those your name your gaming guild your brand or whatever as your domain and then you can uh you create your own crypto handles with that and it's it's being 40 dollars a year it's very low cost i mean there's some of the other wallet solution providers we've looked at like ens and unstoppable i mean for some five and six uh letter domains they're they're looking at you know anywhere from a couple thousand to five or ten thousand dollars just for those domains that they're selling for and we've got that standard cost to where it's $40 a year um, and the user is able to really own their own their own identity, their brand, if you, if you want to say it like that. Okay, gotcha. So I guess one question I have is the domain obviously isn't like a URL, web URL, where you could set up a website or even host some sort of web services. It's strictly on the chain for cryptocurrency and NFT or any other transactions? Yeah, that's correct. At this, at this point, I mean, there's been um, a, it's actually, it's something that's been looked at as far as maybe something down the road. But right now we want to focus on the core essence of why aren't more people doing uh, cryptocurrency payments, transfer digital assets, and it can even be used to send and receive NFTs or any, any digital asset that's on chain. It's very similar to sending an email. So that was our core focus. You could see that down the road. It could be something uh, to where you could even maybe map a certain URL even to to a crypto handle. When you type in the crypto handle, it takes you to the URL if you're in a web browser. So there's a lot of lot of things that can happen. But right now we're focusing on that, solving for that usability issue, that how hard it is when you go to send crypto. I was doing an event last year and I had a, a partner we had to pay with USDT. And if you think about what was happening in 2021 with the Ethereum chain, it wasn't a large payment. It wasn't very small, but it wasn't very large either. But it was enough to win. The, the partner was like, hey, do a test send of a few dollars before you send everything. And I thought it was just the most ridiculous thing. And this was actually right before I found out about FIO and joined the FIO team. And because that gas fee was $170 worth of gas, worth of ETH, because at the time the, the network was so congested. I'm like, man, we're not going to get 
to adoption like this, where you got to send a test in to make sure you, you send it to the right address. I could see that being uh, quite the shortcut there when it comes to cryptocurrency addresses. So does this mean when you say cross-chain, multi-chain support, let's say a microcap cryptocurrency project or even a service comes to you guys and says, hey, we would like to create our domain with FIO. How would that particularly work and what would be the benefits of doing such? The good thing about the way FIO operates is it is set to where anything can automatically be mapped to a FIO crypto handle. So we interact at the wallet layer. The chain doesn't even need to know that they integrated. But if a project wants to integrate our protocol, uh, we actually have incentives set up to where when they integrate our protocol, they can earn uh, some of the on-chain fees, a, a big percentage of our on-chain fees for those crypto handles, for those domains, and any other transactions that happen on-chain actually go to our integration partners. And if they want to, from the point of, say, getting their own domain, you know, if they want to purchase their own domain, it's available, they can do that. Uh, straight from our website. We have a dashboard that allows you to purchase it. If it's a partner we're talking to that's going to be looking to integrate our protocol into their platform, a lot of times we'll get the domain for them uh, and and allow them and then transfer it over to them because the, your domain itself is an NFT. It's pretty unique because the domain is an NFT and the crypto handle is an NFT as well that's made with another NFT. It's, it's unique uh, in that essence but you can send and receive those to people so i can create it i can i can use a domain that i have control over i can make a crypto handle and i can send it over to you if i had something cool uh, or i can make it public for anybody to use but a lot of times you know projects we work with if they if they agree to integrate our protocol and to where users their users are able to set up crypto handles set up domains we'll, we'll typically get them their domain and then transfer it to them and then they're just responsible for the renewals each year we can also share a bucket of some of those free crypto handles we're able to do because our partners even get paid on the free handles right now because those even though they're free, they're being paid for on chain by that bucket I mentioned earlier. So those transactions happen on chain. So a portion of that does go to our integration partners. And the on-chain fees are split between our block producers, our staking rewards because we're a proof of stake chain. So users are able to stake their tokens. And then a portion goes to the integration partners blows my mind is thinking about things like oracles or data availability. Do you see this as something that could go and expand to off-chain uh, ideas or do you see this being something that's solely cryptocurrency and this sector? No, man, we actually, it's funny you mentioned that. We had that conversation earlier today with a very large uh, integration partner to where it is going to include off-chain stuff because you can map anything to a crypto handle. So there's a lot of a lot of functionality and most of it is is solved with an API call and it's just it's the data is just it's stored in a better location because it's stored it's stored on our chain so you're able to pull in whatever information you need so it's all in how it's configured so I, I think you're going to see where multiple things can be mapped to it and what's unique as well there's a lot of other wallet naming services out there that are specific to a certain chain like ENS is .eth and there's like dot dot tez for tezos and uh you know all these other ones but you can even map all of those to a universal crypto handle so it's pretty universal to where people are able you know they'll be able to use it for quite a few different things and and being able to map to certain things off chain imagine some of these 
identity providers. Because now if you want to get set up on an exchange today, a new person, and you want to buy crypto on an exchange, you've got to do KYC. You've got to verify your identity and all these other things. And you're giving all this sensitive information over to, say, Binance US. And then you're like, well, maybe something I want that's not on Binance US is on Coinbase. So then you go to Coinbase and you give another entity all that information. So imagine where there's like one or, or a couple verified sources to where you can verify your identity one time and then use that crypto handle kind of as an attestation to say, yes, they've already verified that they are who they say they are. And, you know, they're they're legit without you having to turn over your social security number, your copy, your ID and all that to multiple different platforms. Because I know that's what I've done over the years is every time I've joined an exchange where I needed to verify my identity, they all they have all my sensitive data. Something I wanted to ask you was what is happening right now for FIO and what are some things that we could be looking forward to? So now, and I didn't really go through my roles, but when I first joined FIO, I joined with the marketing team to help them with their educational content and promotional content and really doing some demo videos to show people how it worked. But earlier this year, I took over business development. There was a gap and business development, we're in charge of getting partnerships. And so there's a lot of cool partnerships that are coming out. I mentioned some of the gaming ones earlier. Those are ones that were, we signed the deals, you know, several months ago. And we're actually starting now to get some screenshots and starting to get some tests of some demos as those games are about to launch. But outside of that, there is a speculative play to Web3 domains uh, or at domains for FIO are unique because you think about any large company today and say they were to, to transition into Web3, they may want a crypto handle, especially they're going to take payments. Like think, think of Twitch, for instance, which I can tell you, I'll give you an example. That one's already gone. Someone's already reserved the at Twitch domain. Okay, so if Twitch decided that they wanted to use FIO crypto handles to streamline payments, because it's only a matter of time before people that, especially people that stream on platforms where they get tips and payments and stuff, that they're going to incorporate crypto and they don't have to put 20 different wallet addresses. They can just put one crypto handle. So Twitch is one that there could be a speculative play. Whoever bought that one can potentially resell it to Twitch at least for a few thousand dollars, probably, maybe more. So and, and people have been doing this for years with Web2 domains, you know, your .coms, your .ios, they grab something that's up and coming or something that may be big in the future, and then they could potentially sell it for a lot of money. And we, we, saw, we see that happen with Unstoppable Domains and ENS, and those have some limitations. But what's cool about FIO is we're on our own chain. So that's, so far, it's limited us from really participating in that speculative market, but some people do want to be able to participate in that and be able to resell some of these domains. So uh, domain and token wrapping is going to be available. So token wrapping is more designed to get our, our token listed on more exchanges because the token powers the, the FIO ecosystem. So people are able to get into it um, because some exchanges right now are limiting their listings to only ERC-20 tokens or BSC, uh, Binance Smart Chain tokens or certain certain aspects like that. But the domain wrapping will allow you to take that domain, which is an NFT, wrap it on Polygon and sell it on, say, like OpenSea. And not everybody's going to be looking to get rich, you know, make a million dollars. There's some people that make a living out of, I bought this domain for $40, I sell it for 1000 or 2000 and let someone else worry about trying to resell it if that name blows up in the future. <laughs> so that that's one of the things... It's, it's in the final stages. And in fact, I mean, it's, it's cleared all the testing. We're really just waiting on some of the, uh, you know, some of the user interface that we're going to make live to go live. So it could be any day now. 
I'd say anytime in the next 30 days, you're going to see the field domain wrapping be available. That's going to be coming. And I think it's just going to drive a lot more awareness of the protocol. So it's not just to say, oh, hey, now you can make a lot of money selling domains. But a lot more people then are going to be exposed to and understand what FIO is, what FIO does. And they're going to realize, because when I explain to someone at an event in person or over the phone what FIO does, they're usually intrigued. They've been in space. Well, yeah, we need something like that. That's great. And so now to be able to get that on, on more eyes, it's going to be important to to move the space forward. Because I really think we're probably two to three years away from really seeing crypto payments be more towards mainstream adoption. Obviously, we've got a lot of volatility we've got to work through. That's just because we're still early in the space, even though most people don't think that uh, we're still very early. But once we get past that, you're going to really see that accelerate and and stable coins are probably going to be a, a a short the shorter term driver of that because stable coins offer some quote unquote stability and, and you know at least compared to some of the other cryptocurrencies but then more long term I think we're going to see uh, further adoption of crypto. I couldn't agree more and thank you for sharing. I'm certainly looking forward to see what FIO protocol contributes to the space and to continue innovating things like this is quite interesting. So tell me, where do we find out more about FIO and how do we follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So mine's easy on most platforms. I go by Blockchain Wayne. Uh, that's what I was started podcasting under in 2018. And, and I also have blockchainwayne.com. So you can find my socials there. As far as FIO, uh, FIOProtocol.io and most of our social platforms were at JoinFIO. Definitely follow our social media. If you go to our website, FIOProtocol.io, you can link to all our social media there. And if you're working with a project that thinks thinks you may have a use case for uh, integrating the field protocol, we have a lot of resources available for that. Reach out. If you hit our ecosystem page, you can see all the different places where you can use FIO now. We're, we've already are either integrated or in the process of integrating with 90 different wallets, exchanges, payment processors, 90 different partners. But we're always looking for more because our protocol is more powerful wherever it is. And there's a, a data capture there where you can submit a form and someone from my team will contact you about uh, getting integrated. And then on YouTube, if you follow Fee on YouTube, uh, we've got some great people. I, I used to do it. Now I've got uh, one of my coworkers, Chelsea, and a long-term friend. She was one of the ones I mentioned I got into crypto the same time as me. I create a lot of great how-to videos explaining the field protocol, how to use it. And any platform that we're integrated on, either her or I have a demo video shows you how to use it. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on to Verify Crypto. Thank you for listening, everybody. Like, subscribe, share, and see you next time. This episode is sponsored by StakeCube. Trade, earn, build. StakeCube is an all-in-one crypto ecosystem equipped with an exchange, NFT marketplace, staking, and more. Join the future of finance while earning competitive APYs through multiple strategies across a wide range of crypto assets with safety and efficiency in mind at StakeCube.net. Verify Crypto is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Information shared from the host or guests featured in this recording should not be viewed as investment or financial advice. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are considered as risky and speculative investments. If you're seeking investment or financial advice, find a licensed and professional financial advisor. Mm -hmm.